you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy Hellman. hi everybody how is your summer going i have been a little delinquent in recording because i was on vacation with my family in maine and it was our first time in maine stunningly beautiful very exciting filled with adventure But, you know, it is so funny. I learned something the hard way, and perhaps it's something that you guys already know. But, you know, I always think about scrimping on where we stay because we're going to be out. The family and I are going to be out all day adventuring, having fun. We're not going to be sitting in the hotel room or the Airbnb. So I'm always thinking, you know, if we have to cut back somewhere, I don't want to cut back on eating out. I don't want to cut back on tickets for fun things. But, you know, let's just stay somewhere modest. Okay. Well, over time, I've learned that I can stay somewhere modest, but it has to be like in the heart of it all or on the waterfront, or something appealing about its location. All right. But during coronavirus, we have been staying exclusively in Airbnbs just to keep things a little bit safer, to lessen our exposure to other people. So I booked this Airbnb back in February, March, because I was very anxious to get something. I wanted something to look forward to as we were remote educating and all of that. So I book it very excitedly. And with a little bit of pressure. And it's in a rustic part of Maine. They called it Waterfront. Oh my gosh. Uh, Not really. They called it, um, you know, a barn experience, but they said that it had Wi-Fi. They said that it was a perfect place to work during the pandemic, all of these things. So we show up and it is a little more rustic than I had hoped. There are many, many bugs. Every day that we come home from adventuring, we kill at least two wasps. I don't know if there was like a nest inside, but certainly we weren't leaving any doors open. There was no air conditioning and their Wi-Fi was not really working. So I call the host because after a full day of adventuring with two kids who are eight and 10 and who are a little bit whiny and, you know, they just want to play their screens for a half an hour before bed. And I just want to put them to bed and then watch some Netflix with my husband, right? Is that too much to ask? 
our Wi-Fi was down. I called the host. They're like, the Wi-Fi is not down. We just finished watching a movie. Well, the booster or whatever they used for the barn was down, down and crappy. So fine. I surrender. It's clear the Wi-Fi is not going to work for the rest of this day. But each day we'd come home from a different adventure, turn down the bed, there'd be bugs. And there were bugs everywhere. They looked like little country cockroaches. And finally, it just got to the point where it was disgusting. We came home on the fourth day. I was exhausted. We'd been in Acadia hiking and in the heat. And we go to brush our teeth. And there are those cockroach-like bugs crawling all over our toothbrushes in the toothbrush cup. So gross. We took a picture and my family, who'd been begging me to leave early for days now, gave me one last plea. They were like, we got to get out of here. Tomorrow, the next day was Friday and it was going to be rainy. And what are we going to do in Maine in the rain? Because we can't sit here in this infested, hot, Wi-Fi-less barn. Anyway, it was a problem. And it helped me to realize that as an interior designer, I should have known this all along, but I felt really personally responsible for the family having a less than exciting trip because of the place that I booked. So it only goes to reinforce how important good interior design is. It only goes to reinforce how important feeling safe in the place that you stay and comfortable is, whether it's your home or an Airbnb or something like that. So I learned my lesson and I actually booked two Airbnbs for the summer, one in Maine. And then at the same time, because I wanted several things for us to look forward to, I booked a beach trip for us in August on Airbnb. Well, needless to say, my family is like dubious of Airbnbs now. And they're like, oh my gosh, let us see the listing. Let us see whatever. Well, last week, the Airbnb host for our place in Rhode Island, the stay that we have coming up in August, canceled on us. Are you kidding me? I booked this back in February, waterfront, great reviews, modest, right? Because that's the way I've been rolling until late, but really just the perfect area that I love to be in. I know Rhode Island really well, and it's just like my destination for relaxation. And they pull the rug out from under us by canceling our reservation. Like Airbnb, I am done with you. Like so done with you. So my husband said, let's learn from our experience in Maine, and you are not going to book another Airbnb. So I went online and booked a hotel. My kids will wear masks. My husband and I are vaccinated. I'm just going to be fine with it. And it's the new thing, right? I want to be comfortable. I don't want to know like, you know, if the bugs should be there because it was a barn or if not, I just, I just, ugh. You know, also you can't trust those shams and the comforters. I don't know. I hate to go on a tirade about Airbnb, but I'm hoping that not only can you learn interior design tips from me, you can also learn vacation best practices. And hopefully by repeating my story to you, I'll learn a few best practices and they'll sink in because I don't know why. I mean, I think I just get this sticker shock when I look at these prices for like a night and I realize we're not even going to be there. Like we're going to leave the Airbnb at 9 a.m. every day and we're going to get back to the Airbnb at 10 p.m. every day. That's a very short number of hours to pay, you know, $300 a night. But I've learned my lesson. I'm just going to suck it up. 
vacations are expensive. And if you truly want to unplug, you need a place to come back to, to relax and feel at peace. So there we go. We're staying in a hotel in Rhode Island in August, and I feel really good about my new path. I hope you guys are having some fun vacations. I hope things are going well. Without further ado, I'm going to jump in to the overflowing mailbag. So my first question this week comes from, drumroll please, Veronica. Veronica is writing in and she says, Hi, Betsy. I love your show. We are in the midst of planning the build for our forever home, and I'm basically spending every spare minute binging your podcast. I am learning so much. I'm even sharing your tips at the dinner table with my husband and kids, and they are into it. My six-year-old has chosen the feeling word of spooky, and it just doesn't fit with my cozy transitional style. I could really use some help with our living room floor. We are planning an open layout, plans attached for our kitchen, living, and dining rooms. I am thrilled about this. I'm hoping that the setup is the center stage for the next 18 years of our lives. However, I don't know what to do about the living room floor. Right now, we have a tentative plan for carpet in the living room area. This is partly financial. We're always sticking to a budget, and our carpeting is affordable. But also, our last two rentals have had carpets, and our kids are always playing on it reading, and just rolling around. Carpet is cozy, and I really can't imagine an area rug that's as plush and as inviting. But right now, we have the carpet basically drawn in as a giant permanent rug. There are luxury vinyl plank walkways on both sides for cleanliness, and the rest of the great room will be luxury vinyl plank. My question is, is this a terrible idea? Will it look really weird? And if so, do any rugs exist that are actually as soft and cozy as carpeting? Where can I find them? For reference, we are a family of four, me, my husband, our kids, three and six years old. We currently have one dog, but we will always have a dog. So there will be puppies in our future. This is also our forever home. So who cares about resale? My style and my husband's style is cozy transitional, but my kids' chosen styles are spooky, futuristic, and rainbow. Just rainbow for the three-year-old. Thanks so much, Betsy. Well, you are very welcome, Veronica. I'm happy to answer this question for you and for your family. And I'm glad that this redesign or this new build is a total family affair. Because if this truly is going to be that 18-plus year home, it's really nice to make sure that it reflects everyone's tastes, even though that we know that the little one's tastes may evolve and change over time. Hopefully Spooky Rainbow won't stick, but we'll see. You know, I think it's really important for children to have some say, whether it's in their own room or a playroom or a basement, or if you can bring them in in a certain way in the other areas of the home. So good for you, Veronica, for thinking of their ideas. I myself love the idea of spooky. I'm always looking for older homes that have a lot of character so that um, maybe maybe they evoke the feeling that they were or still are haunted. So I'm looking for a new place in New Jersey and I told my real estate agent after months of looking and just not finding it, I'm narrowing down what I'm thinking about. And I said, just find us something that looks like it could be haunted. So your six-year-old and I have very similar tastes. All right, without further ado, let me get to your question. So do I think it's weird to have 
Carpeting in the center of the room bordered by luxury vinyl plank? Absolutely. And as a designer, do I feel comfortable recommending carpeting? No. So you've come to the wrong place, Veronica, because I'm not going to give you the green light on making this sort of inlaid rug situation. Yes, there are definitely rugs that can be as comfortable as wall-to-wall carpeting. In fact, you can go to the wall-to-wall carpeting companies and have a piece of carpeting bound to the exact size that you want, and it's the exact same material. And then you just put a rug pad under it and bada bing, you've essentially built what you're referring to. Now, I know it might be more affordable to inlay that rug rather than putting vinyl plank down all around and then getting a piece bound to put on top of it. I get that. But you're telling me that you have puppies coming into this house, that you have a dog that's going to age. I mean, you are asking for urine stains, throw up, all sorts of different things that don't come out of carpet easily. And with two little ones, you may find that there's some issues there as well with juice boxes, things like that. I myself would not want a carpeted room because you just can't really get it clean. And at least with a rug or a bound piece of carpeting, should it get destroyed by puppy urine or wine or whatever, you can roll it up and get a new one that feels fresh after several cleanings, of course. So Veronica, that's my advice, okay? I'm not going to give you the green light on creating this unusual border around, even if this is your forever home, even if the decisions only impact you, I think it's weird. So follow my advice and keep me posted on your two-word phrase for your new living room. I'm very excited to see what the family decides will be the style and feeling words. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, beautifying your home for less, styling your home, and the fundamentals of feng shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. My next question comes from Rana. Rana writes, Hi, Betsy. I've been feverishly listening to your podcast since recently being introduced to them by my daughter-in-law. Thank you for all your helpful info. I'm excited to go through our house and start implementing all the things I've been learning and to start correcting my many design mistakes now that I realize that I've made them. I want to start with our family room, which is in desperate need of new furniture. It needs paint, lamps, colorful artwork. 
I'm having a hard time envisioning other furniture in this room. I hope that you may see it from a different perspective and have some recommendations for me. The artwork is the most intimidating component to me, and I also don't know what to do about the windows. The room is almost 20 feet by 20 feet with 10 feet high ceilings, wide baseboards, and crown molding. I'm attaching pictures of the room for several angles, as well as a picture of the outside of our house, so you can get a general idea of the style. I know I need an inspiration piece for this room, and I've considered the throw blanket in the picture as the inspiration because I like the colors, but I'm quite sure that I should find artwork first instead. The wall above the sectional is large. Should I look for one big piece or do a grouping of something? And if so, what? All right, Rhonda, well, thanks for writing in and thanks for your pictures. Now, as you guys know, for many, 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 many years, you've had to rely on my descriptions of things to fully visualize the questions and the pictures that have been coming into me. But now I have at long last created a YouTube channel. So for the podcast, I'm very excited to announce that as of June, we not only have a YouTube channel where you can go to see a video of me recording my podcast, we also are going to be sharing the pictures that have come in so that way you can visualize the problems. And I have an Instagram now, a Facebook, oh, and a show notes section. So many of you have written me and said, Betsy, I want to read the tips as well as listen to them. So now I have show notes. And you're asking yourself, where can I find all this goodness? Where can I subscribe so I can see the pictures of Rana's face? And I will tell you, you can go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, that's affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. And there you'll find a link to each platform that I described. You can click on it and subscribe. And so you can be listening and watching me in many different forms now. Very exciting news. All right, Rana, let's talk about it. So you were wondering about artwork first and foremost. And looking in the room, for those of you still just listening, it is a little bit dark in here. You do have light-colored wall-to-wall carpeting, which helps, but you have a dark sort of brown sectional, an espresso or deep brown entertainment unit. You have beige walls that are maybe a mid-tone, and then you have uh, wood trim throughout. And so it does make it feel a little bit darker in here. You also have a dark colored bookcase, a wood colored cabinet. There's lots of components that make it feel a little bit heavy in here. So one thing that I would think about when creating an inspiration piece or determining where you kind of start with an inspiration piece, you're on the right track with thinking about a large piece of art, but you already have a really nice and perfectly sized large piece of art above your brown sectional sofa with this world map. It's a triptych, which means that there's three pieces. It's blue and cream and nice and high, which really accentuates the height of the ceilings. If anything, it's hung a little bit low because from the top of the sofa cushion to the bottom of the art, I typically like between eight and 12 inches. So this maybe has four at max and feels a little bit tight in relationship to the sofa. But I think it's perfect. I would not be thinking about the artwork 
as something to change when looking for an inspiration piece. Also, inspiration pieces have three colors or more. Right now, one of the concerns I have with this room is that it's really just the brown and blue room. So even looking at this throw blanket, which has these sort of floral mandalas that feature different shades of blue, from navy to cornflower blue to light blue, it strikes me that it's just a blue throw with a white background. And that is not an inspiration piece. An inspiration piece has three colors or more. And it's the thing that you use that's prominently placed always that you've derived the colors from the room from. So with a throw blanket, sometimes it's folded up and it's quite small. Sometimes if it's in my living room, it's thrown in a basket. So I would not typically use a throw blanket as an inspiration piece. I would use a piece of art. I would use an area rug, which you don't need because it's got wall-to-wall carpeting. I may use prominently placed large pillows. And I do think that these pillows could use some swapping out because you have two sets of the same sorts of pillows. So that's four identical pillows, which is not only a lot of the same pattern and color, but it also looks like you didn't really use your imagination, right? You just said, I'll have two sets of two. You made it easy and you got out. So you lost an opportunity for an introduction of a new color, pattern, or texture. The other place I often go to when I'm looking for an inspiration piece are the drapes. And you have these nice high windows that are untreated. And so really everything three feet high and above in your room is brown, from the paint to the trim to the entertainment unit to the bookcase. And everything three feet high and below is where you find your color. I think if we're looking at the room holistically, thinking of balance, you know, what is missing where, I think color is missing from the upper part of your room. And so I would be looking to those drapes to be the inspiration piece. So I'd bring in long drapes that span from on top of the frame of the window all the way down to the floor. And then I would be looking for them to have a pattern. I would be looking for them to have more than just blue going on, right? We do need to add in at least one color. You know, whenever I have a cool tone that's a part of the color palette, I don't want it to become the cool room. So I might avoid doing something like a green or even an icy purple because that's not going to give us that balance. We need a warm tone in here. And certainly the foundation of brown neutrals is helping with that, right? If you would have picked gray neutrals, well, we'd have a whole another problem in our hands. But I think maybe bringing in a warmer tone with, say, a yellow or even an orange could be a really nice way to make this room feel even cozier. I'm avoiding reds because red and blue can feel a little 4th of July, and we don't want to do anything too literal in terms of evoking a certain color palette because we've got strong whites, strong blues. And if I add red to that, it is going to scream Americana, right? So I'm thinking that these would be the directions I'd be going in. And these would be the ideas I'd be thinking about as a designer looking at this room. Rana, I hope that gave you some inspiration. I hope that gives you something to look for as you're shopping. And uh, I'm glad that you are enjoying the podcast. 
All right, let's get to my last question of the day. Let's see here. My last question comes from Cindy. Cindy is writing from Winnipeg, and Cindy, going to Winnipeg is my only experience with Canada. I went to their folk festival when I was in college, and it was amazing. I went to college in Minnesota, so we just drove right up to Winnipeg and went to the Winnipeg Folk Festival, and it was like the Coachella for, well, I guess it was like if Coachella and Woodstock had a baby, a a baby who was broke. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and drove up in a Toyota and was basically living out of the Toyota for a week while we attended the folk festival. So it wasn't as glamorous as Coachella seems, and uh, it wasn't as groundbreaking as Woodstock seemed, but it was certainly memorable. All right, back to your question, Cindy. You write, Betsy, I love your podcast. I've been binge listening since I discovered you. You are not only informative and encouraging, you're also very expressive. I love that you speak clearly and that you enunciate well. It suits your directive style of coaching. That's the reason for me reaching out. I know I'll get a distinct answer, one that I can act on without doubt. Attached is a picture of my dark barnwood shiplap fireplace wall. Because of your podcast, I've been confident in decorating my home, but this wall has me stumped. We aren't able to remove the barnwood, and so I'm trying to decide what to do. We will be painting the other walls, but I haven't made a decision on that yet. This is part of an open concept space. It's a long room with a U-shaped kitchen and a dining room in front of the patio doors. The living room is 14 feet by 14 feet, and the ceilings are 9 feet. The fireplace is 14 feet wide. I'm thinking I'd like to paint or maybe whitewash it. What would you suggest for a mantle and surround? Should I put built-ins along the side? I live by the lake and will be decorating beach farmhouse shabby chic. I prefer neutral colors like gray, white, and blue. Thank you for your advice and thank you for helping us through these difficult times. I so look forward to hearing from you. Sincerely, Cindy. Well, Cindy, thanks for your kind words, and thanks for sending in your image. Yes, it is dark in here. Um, You have like dark floors that have a lot of differentiation. They have a strong wood grain. They have knots. And then, of course, this wall with the shiplap definitely looks very rustic, definitely looks like barn wood. It's a really fun vibe. The first red flag I see is that you're kind of all over the place with your style. Beach, farmhouse, and shabby chic are each distinctive styles. So I think by having one toe in each, you're going to really confuse yourself as you're starting to choose items and starting to find a direction for the space. So the first thing to do before you make any design decisions is to lock in those two key words, the style word. So all three things that you listed here, beach, farmhouse, and shabby chic are styles. We need to narrow it down to one. And then we need to accompany that style word with a feeling word. How do we want to feel in the space? And because it's an open concept space, we need to be thinking about the dining room, the kitchen, and bringing that same two-word phrase throughout the entire open space. Now, if there was a den attached that had doors, if there was a family room attached that had doors, that doesn't need to share the same two-word phrase because it's separate. But when a room is open concept, you need to carry not only the color palette, but also the two-word phrase throughout. 
All right. So depending on your two-word phrase, that would dictate what I would choose to do with this wall. And keep in mind, when you do something with this wall, it's going to be pretty permanent because anytime you paint wood or whitewash wood, it's very, very difficult to undo that without just ripping the whole wall out. So let's really be strategic with our choice. When I first saw this picture, before I had read the question, I said to myself, this room is very dark. And guys, if you want to see how dark this room is, you just heard about my YouTube channel. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links, and you can check out Cindy's picture and see the situation. So when looking at this, the floors, if I squint, almost completely blend in with the rustic tones of the barn wood on the wall. Now, because this one wall is treated differently than the other walls, we want to feature it. It's called an accent wall. You know, I don't love accent walls, Cindy, but I'm going to go with it here because you know what I do love doing? I love making things work. As I'm going out with my real estate agent and we're talking about different homes, she's like, oh, Betsy, you're an interior designer. You want to make that your own. Just rip it out. Betsy, you're an interior designer. Why don't you just demo that and start again? And I tell her, I say, Patty, I am an interior designer who makes her living off of making things work. I love to take something that's a challenge. I love to take something that's a feature, even if it's not a feature that resonates with me. And I like to make it work. So I'll take a fixer-upper, but I'm not going to blow it out. I'm going to take what I have and polish it. And that's what I suggest you do here. So, you know, we want to keep the idea of a focal wall since you're not going to rip this out, which means that we wouldn't be covering it with built-ins because then you might as well just rip it out. You're basically trying to hide something with other somethings, right? And I don't think that makes sense here, especially because you live by a lake. So having barnwood walls, you know, might make a lot of sense. I would explore the idea of whitewashing it because the floor is so dark and so so similar in tone. As I mentioned, when I squint, it all looks the same. So I love the idea of whitewashing or here's a fun idea. You know, the wall color is like a gray now, and you mentioned that you might be changing that. But what if you did the wall colors, whatever whatever paint color that's going to be, and then you diluted that paint color and used that to wash the wall? That way you're getting a textural differentiation with the accent wall, but it's not a color differentiation. And I think that that could be quite striking and sophisticated and minimize the barn wall while also kind of up-leveling it. So that is definitely something I would be considering. Uh, In terms of the mantle, well, it really depends what you do with the wall, of course. One thing I might explore, you know, whenever I'm looking at a room, one of the things I ask myself is what texture is not being represented? You know, what's missing? And what do we have too much of in terms of texture? And I will say we have too much wood with these really dark and very highly naturally patterned floors and with the really present focal wall of the barn wood. So I absolutely would not do a wood mantle. I could see doing a fresh white mantle that reflects the color of the trim in the room. Uh, That could be really striking. I could see even doing something in stone. I think that would play up the rustic sort of 
nature of a lake house and also the rustic sort of nature of that wall while bringing in a new unexpected texture that is often seen with mantles. So I think stone would be great. I think pure white would be great. Those are the only two that are really coming to me. But really, I just go through the list of different materials in my head and think, what haven't we used? What would I like to see here? And what would create beautiful contrast? So those two are coming up for me. And I'm really excited to hear what you do. So Cindy, keep us posted and stay in touch. And I wonder if that Winnipeg Folk Festival is still going on. If so, I hope you'll go out there, spend a couple nights in your car, and enjoy it as much as I did. I still remember the Neilds. Do you guys know the Neilds? Gotta get over Greta. Uh, I looked them up the other day and they're still on tour. So if you don't know about the Neilds, uh, you should definitely listen to some of their music because they had some good ones. Gotta get over Greta. In my best black dress is my favorite. And um, they're just a cool band in general. Well, it's been really nice to be back with you. I'm so glad to be home where all the bugs that infest our home are outside our walls, not inside, and where we have AC and Wi-Fi. All right. Until next week, everybody, have a great July. Bye. You've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, You're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.